Hello, this is Mike Van Meter. Welcome to the Recovery as Possible podcast. I want to thank you for joining me, and you can reach us at our Facebook site, which is also called Recovery as Possible, and our website, which is vanmeterwellnesssolutions.com. And this podcast exists to educate the public about addiction, remove the stigma associated with addiction, and offer help and support to those suffering from addiction. And today, uh, the topic is going to be change your thinking, change your behavior. Change your thinking, change your behavior. And for you, uh, those of you that are out there studying psychology, you know that this is the basis of cognitive behavioral therapy. But uh, it's really something that we talk about in recovery as well. And I think that this is something that needs to be addressed and discussed more often in recovery circles because at the end of the day, what recovery about is about is your thinking. Because what happens is you have a disease of the mind and the body. If you are somebody that's suffering from addiction, the mind and the body. And we've talked about this before, but I'm going to reemphasize this, that in the early stages of recovery, you've got to get your body detoxed. You've got to get your, your body uh, rid of the, the drink or the drugs, whatever it is that you're doing, and then you have to be cleansed of that and get the, the physiological craving that your, your body has towards that substance, have that removed. And then the challenge is going to be to not start the substance again. Not to not start it. And that is the key to recovery is not start using the substance in the first place. And so how do we do that? You know, uh, what what's making me uh, think about this subject tonight, and the reason why I wanted to talk about it is I've, I've been on some recovery uh, Facebook pages and I've seen some people make the comments that they just don't believe that they can get well, that they, they just don't believe that it's possible to get sober. And this might be a thought that you're having right now. It might be something that you're thinking that I just can't do this. This is not possible. I cannot go through life without drinking or drugging. Um, I don't know how people can do this. I don't know how people can stay sober. Maybe they were never really alcoholic or an addict in the first place. And it's just something that I can't do. Well, that's very common. And I think that as far as changing your thinking is concerned, you have to first and foremost realize that everybody that has gotten sober feels the same way that you do right now. Everybody feels that way. But what may comfort you to know is that you're not alone in that and that you can take comfort in the fact that millions of people before you have gotten sober and have gotten well. But the key for you is going to be to study what it is that they did to get well. What did they do? To get well. They did it. So if they can do it, you can do it. And I think that a way to look at this is if you were to look at someone that is successful in an, another area in your life that you admire, let's, let's say an athlete, right? So take, for example, I got into, in recovery, I got into triathlon. And let's say I want to go out and I want to do a Ironman triathlon. And I came across uh, Dave Scott, who those of you that are really into triathlon know that Dave Scott is cons- is called the man. That's it. That's his nickname. Um, he held the record there for a while for the most Ironman wins of, of anybody that, that did the sport. 
and he's retired from the, the sport now, but let's say that uh, Dave came in and he was my coach. And I said, you know, Dave, I, I want to do an Ironman triathlon. Can you give me some advice? And Dave gives me advice on nutrition, on training, on equipment that I should buy, you know, all the different things that I would need to know about triathlon. Now, imagine if I looked at him and said, you know, Dave, I, I really appreciate you giving me that advice. But I talked to my buddy over here, and my buddy told me that uh, that I need to do this, that, and the other thing. And, and it's different than what you're telling me. So I'm going to go stick with my buddy's advice. And, uh, you know, I thank you for your time, but I think I'm, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and do what I'm, I'm going to do based on the advice that my buddy gave me. You would look at me and say, you know, that that's that's stupid, Mike. Why in the hell would you do that? This guy's a six-time Ironman world champion, you know, and I think that maybe you ought to take some advice from him. Maybe he knows a thing or two about doing triathlon. And, you know, maybe your buddy doesn't know anything about doing triathlon. But, you know, as silly as that sounds, that's what we do in recovery, if you think about it. I don't know how many times I have been around someone and they've asked me for advice. They've asked me, you know, what they should do, you know, some tips on, on recovery and I've give it, given it to them or I've, I've heard somebody else give them advice. And they say, well, you know what? I appreciate that. But my general practitioner told me this, or he told me that, and I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take uh, medical advice from the medical professionals. Now, uh, let me just stop there for a second. I'm not for a minute insinuating that you should not take advice from your doctor. Okay, I'm not, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is, what I usually hear is I'm going to take advice regarding my addiction from my general practitioner. And by the way, I, I went through that myself. And what I found real quickly quickly was that most medical students, when they go through medical school, receive really no more than three hours of training total on addiction the entire time they're in medical school. That, that's for people that go into general practice. Addiction specialists are a very different thing, and you absolutely should listen to what an addiction specialist tells you, okay? But what I'm telling you, if you have been successful in recovery, chances are you know more about addiction than your, your family practitioner does. And, and if you don't believe me, just go, go ask around and, and ask uh, some advice from, um, from some medical folks, and, and that's what you're going to find out, because that's what I certainly found out. You need to be talking to somebody that is an addiction specialist. So going back to my original statement, oftentimes when you meet people who are in recovery, they are very knowledgeable in recovery. Uh, after all, they got sober. And if they have a year, two years, 10 or more years, they probably know a lot about addiction and a lot about recovery. And, and it's wise to listen to the advice that they're giving you. Now, oftentimes people don't listen to, to folks that are in recovery and they want to go in their own path. And that's a recipe for disaster. I can tell you that from firsthand experience and nearly anybody that's in a 12-step meeting or a program will tell you the same thing. It is a recipe for disaster. Uh, my contention is these days that if you are suffering from addiction and you are in active addiction, you are probably the last person you should take any advice on recovery from. What you need to do is change your thinking and start listening to people and listening to their advice and do exactly what they do. Because what will happen is when you're around people who've been sober for a while and you talk to them and you ask them what they did to get sober. And, and it, by the way, if you don't believe me, do this experiment for me. Go talk to a number of people that have been successful in recovery and ask them, 
what they did. I bet you what you're going to find is that amongst those people that have been successful in recovery, you're going to find that they do the same things. There is a commonality. There's a thread of behaviors from people who are successful successful in recovery, and that's why they are successful in recovery. You know, going back to my triathlon example, there was a reason why Dave Scott was very successful. There's certain things that he did. There were recipes that he had. There were training programs that he had. There was a diet that he had. There was a training regimen that he had that was very successful. And by the way, he went on to coach a number of other world champions using the same methods that he used. It was a proven program. And the nice thing about recovery today is you don't have to reinvent the wheel. The the recovery movement as we know it today was started in the late 1930s and there's a lot of people that have gotten sober since then and there's a lot of people that have contributed to the various programs and there's a lot of programs that are out there and there's a lot of success to be had the problem is when we come into recovery we think that we know better that we know we have a better way we call that the research and development arm of recovery Meaning, you know, I'm, I'm going to continue doing my own personal research and development, and then I'll let you all know how it works out. Now, when I mentioned that there's a commonality and a common thread with people that have had success in recovery, the opposite of that is also uh, very prevalent. Meaning, and, and I'll, ch- I'll challenge you to do this, go talk to people that are constant relapsers that just don't seem to be able to get the program and get well and ask them what they are doing. And just like the people that are successful, you're going to find that there are things that they do that are similar. The people that are not successful, you're going to find they also have a lot in common. And those are the things that you want to focus on. And um, and then the lessons learned from the people that continual, continually relapse and learn from them. Because we can learn from everybody. That's one thing about recovery meetings is you go, and no matter how good or bad you think the meeting is, there's always something that you can take away from that meeting um, is, is, you know, a, a learning moment that you can use for your own recovery. But there's an old saying, and that is, stick with the winners. If somebody has success, take notes from them, find out what they're doing, and then emulate that in your own life, and you may find that you have, you will have success uh, as well. So when it comes to our thinking, that's the first thing we need to change, is do, do we know best, or has our best thinking gotten us to where we are today. And if we are even having this discussion with ourselves, if we have gotten to the point where we've gone to detox, we've gone to treatment, we are going to a 12-step meeting, chances are you are at the point where your thinking is not suiting you very well. And what you often hear in recovery meetings, or in, even in treatment centers for that matter, is you hear people say, I'm not an alcoholic, I'm not an addict, I can quit at any time. So that's a change in their thinking that needs to change. If you were sitting in a treatment center, if you were sitting in a detox, if you were sitting in an AA meeting, a Celebrate Recovery meeting, a Smart Recovery meeting, an MM meeting, or any of the other meetings that are out there, if you were sitting there chances are you've got a problem or else you wouldn't be at those meetings. So that's a part of our thinking that needs to change right there is, I've got a problem and it needs to be addressed. 
So just accept that the problem is there. And you know, it's okay to have that problem. It is. There's nothing wrong with being an alcoholic or a drug addict. It's a disease that you have. What is wrong is that we don't accept it and we don't take advice and we don't don't take direction from other people that can help us and help us get well. And that's why um, step one in a, in a recovery program um, you know, AA, for example, step one, I'm powerless over alcohol. My life has become unmanageable. That seems like a very simple step, but it is in fact a very difficult step because that part where we say that we are powerless over this and it's taken control, taken control over our life and we need some assistance outside of ourselves, that is a very difficult thing for people to accept. And that's the change in the thinking that we need to have is the problem is there, the problem is real, the problem is deadly, and I need help. But where do I go for help? How do I get help? And what am I going to accept? My contention is that first year of recovery, really just taking advice from anybody that's had success and just emulating them is really the best way to go. Because we are not thinking straight, we are not uh, we are not really good protectors of ourselves, and we really don't know a better way. Because after all, if we did know a better way, we would have already started doing that, if you think about it. So it just doesn't work out well when we do the thinking for ourselves. And what will happen is in time, after you take that direction and you changed your thought process and you get some time of sobriety behind you, what you'll what you'll do is you'll figure out what works for you, what doesn't work for you, what you're comfortable with, what you like, what you don't like, and you'll you'll sort of tailor a republic uh, a recovery program for yourself. But you've got to get there. You've got to get to the point where you understand what works and what doesn't. And there are some universals. There are absolutely some universals in recovery. Like for example, not drinking and not drugging. You know, I, I had a friend of mine at meetings uh, a few years ago that used to say this. This was his mantra. He says, you know, the most important part of this program is to not drink. And that sounds silly. It sounds obvious. But you know what? A lot of people seem to have a hard time with that simple part of the program. And that is that it starts with not drinking. We can't justify it. We can't say that, you know, we can control it. Well, you know, because like I said earlier, if you could control it, you would have already done that. And so just start with not drinking, not drinking, or not drinking and not drugging, and then beginning the foundations of your program from there. But we've got to change our thinking and understand that that is where it starts. You know, because when you when you go and you pick up a drink or a drug after some period of sobriety, it was your thinking that took you back there. It was not your body. It was your thinking. And that's what we've got to work on uh, in, in recovery. So just some thoughts for tonight, and I hope that this was helpful for you. And I just want to say again that I don't represent any particular group, and I do not represent anyone other than myself. And and I just want to give this information so I can share with you what I've done and, and the success that I've had in my own recovery, and maybe something I talk about will help you as well. So if I said something that it does not apply to you or if you don't agree with, then just discard it. But try to take something that we've talked about tonight, and if you can apply it to your own life and it will help you or help someone else, then please do that as well. So that's what we do in recovery. We help ourselves along the way, and we want to help impart the knowledge that we've gained 
uh, which is what I'm doing here tonight, uh, so we can help others as well. So with that, please uh, visit our Facebook page, which is called Recovery is Possible, and our website, VanMeterWellnessSolutions.com, and let me know how we're doing. Give us a follow, give us a like, and we will talk again with you soon. Thank, Take care and good night.